I don't care, you know, if we just walked down the street with a monocle in talking about how much we like Doctor Who. <laughs> no one's buying it. Yes, it's really fruitful. Uh, nope, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. Oh, I love the sound when the police box shows. Remember when we had these around Piccadilly Circus? <laughs> oh, look, it sounds like a million cats are being murdered in a tin can factory. It's the best. The best sound for a heroic thing showing up. <laughs> that must be the sound it actually made. <laughs> exactly, see? Yeah, that's a... <laughs> right. Doctor, be around the corner, he be. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic. Whoop, let's go. go. You know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. Showing love when we can. Shout out to the super fans, uh huh. You don't really wanna miss Pop Socket, stay lit. So if you ready, we ride and take it back to the 90s. From movies to the video games, just a couple of nerds keep it so entertaining. Hey, Pop Saga. Hello to all the Pop Saga pals out there, and welcome to another episode of the pop culture comedy variety podcast that's like hanging out with a couple of friends. Speaking of old friends, we're welcoming our old archaeologist... Mm, tripped over that one. Sorry, Indiana Jones, but we're welcoming Indiana Jones back into our hearts and minds after seeing the latest adventure in the premier pulp action franchise, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm Forrest, and I'm joined, as always, by John. And, John, I have just one question for you before we get started. If this yeah, podcast, <laughs> If this podcast belonged in a museum, which museum would it be, kid? Let's blow this thing and go home. <laughs> Uh, I think it would be in the uh, the Vintage Toys and Game Museum that's on Pier 39 with the uh, the, the animatronic lady that laughs at you. Yeah, that's yeah, heck about yeah. right. Okay, I'm I'm here for it. I like yeah. it. Just put a little um, corner, little Vitrola or something. Yeah, that's a fun like little weird section to that to that touristy area. I would be yeah. Let's let's put a little pop saga exhibit in there. You just, just sneak it in. Just an SD card sitting on, you know, one of the things. Just make a little plaque, a little light over it. I don't think anyone's going to notice, to be totally honest. They won't. Hanging they above won't. one of those uh, uh, ancient automatons. People are like, hmm, what's that? I don't care. <laughs> no one ever looks in here. <laughs> no one ever comes here. We don't even know how we stay open. <laughs> Except that one kid who wanted to be big. Yeah, but not like big, big. Just Tom Hanks big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, uh, I mean, at the time, pretty big. I mean, still, Tom Tom Hanks is America's dad. Yeah, no, totally. No, Tom Hanks is, uh, yeah, America's national treasure dad superstar. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just like, look, if I'm going to go and talk to Zoltar or something or make a wish, I'm not going to want to just be Tom Hanks size. I'm, I'm shooting for, like, kaiju. Like if oh, I so really want to be big, you I be want to be legitimately big. Yeah, I want to be yeah, big. Make me like, really big, Zoltar. 
Exactly. I'm not talking Tom Hanks big. I know that's a standard unit of measurement. I'm talking like 50 Tom Hanks stacked one on top of the other. Head to toe, straight to the moon. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I really like that. Apollo 13 stories tall. Good night, everybody. It's not going to get any better than that. Forrest Gump, but real big. I like shrimp, shrimp, shrimp. Is <laughs> that one of his famous quotes? <laughs> well, in- incredibly large for his gum, sure. You know, I may not be shrimp. a smart man, but I like shrimp. <laughs> shrimp, shrimp, shrimp. Maybe that was, you know, uh, I've been to a Bubba Gumps before and I've tried I'm in sorry. vain. Well, I've tried to get a free drink. Just, you know. Good and I'm like, You're... listen, I was in high school when. Forrest Gump came out and please give me a free drink. <laughs> I'll, I'll run for you. I don't I know I don't look like anything like Tom Hanks. Or sound anything like Tom Hanks. Or sound anything like Tom Hanks in that movie. But I got a bird feather. <laughs> I'll float it around. I know where a bench is. I could buy a box of chocolates. Yeah, the C's candy is right down the street. You're right, it is. Yeah, they're down to everyone. Like, everyone has C's candy around the corner. Yeah, I don't even know, you know, you no one out there knows exactly the bubblegums I'm referring to, but pretty good bet that a C's candy's around there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure is. Uh, you know, John, this mm. lull in the conversation has me in mind of something that everyone loves about this show. Yes, of course, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It is our classic segment. Yeah. Oh, I, I know I know how this goes. I'll just go ahead and go then. enjoy this That's right. <laughs> I thought the insidious conjuring. <laughs> That's right. Boulder guys was in my house. It scared the shit out of me. <laughs> That's right. I, I was yep. looking for a young priest and an old priest. Holy shit! <laughs> oh, gotta get uh, that combo. Yeah, uh, the, the worst part is, is I really don't know what you just said. I imagine you asked, "What am I enjoying this evening?" But it didn't yeah. sound anything like that. <laughs> Uh, that's right, AI. You still got a ways to go. That was uh, Voice Mods AI Voice Joe. Uh, but let allow me to elaborate for Joe, the red demon from Insidious. Uh, allow me to elaborate. Of course, this is our classic segment. What are you enjoying this evening, Joe, my precious? Well, uh, this evening, I've decided to disobey the law while drinking a claw. Oh, there are no laws. There's no way you can disobey laws, John, because as we all know, there are no laws when you are drinking laws. Yeah, so I'm having just peach, because that was what was cold in the fridge. Mm Mm-hmm. 
booze by desperation. I'm going to tell you how it tastes because I've never had this one before. Here goes a sip, a sip of peach. Peach white claws, that's flavor you're drinking now. Oh. How does oh. it taste? It sounds like you're in distress again. Just like last episode, you gotta stop buying these shitty drinks. Well, let, let me be fair. You see that I didn't buy these white claw cans. That was my brother-in-law. <laughs> He picked the bad flavors. <laughs> uh, I know that Fair wasn't even enough. to... No counting for taste. Everyone's different. Now some people like a peach white claw, even though it tastes a little like an eraser you'd find in a classroom <laughs> dipped into yeah, pretty... a thing of grain alcohol and then lit on fire and thrown into the garbage dump. And then you found it and then it was also eaten by a rat. Go ahead. Yeah, that's it. You just described it perfectly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, or it's like someone was like, hey, here's booze. Let's float a peach in it for about like six, seven seconds. Take the peach out. We're good to go. Mm. Yeah. I love that not... peach bath. Just a little bit of a, just a yeah. peach dip in a dunk. And then yep. you really get all the, that, that, that peach, you know, just yeah. like you wish you had an actual peach. Yeah. It's like. Don't. It's like dip your toes in the pool to see how cold they are. That's how long that that peach has been in. That peach flavor was added to the white claw. Can't say it sounds good. Doesn't sound too good, John. It's not good. It's not good. I don't recommend. <laughs> that. No. Hey, no, well. No. Oh, full. Oh, oh. All right. Well, that's gonna be me every time I take a sip. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. That's fun. on your menu. Oh yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Uh, good question. Today I have I've stumbled upon something, John, that is quite delectable. Oh, uh, as you know, I'm a bit of an alchemist when it comes to buying things from Trader Joe's and then mixing them together in my own personal mixology lab, aka the kitchen. Um, and uh, this evening I have prepared a cocktail that is two parts gin. Mm-hmm. One half part, or ounce, if you prefer, of blue curacao. And then it is topped off with a delicious sparkling coconut water flavored with yuzu. Okay. All right. Yeah. I also... Did I squeeze a little? I don't think I put any lime in there. Either way, you can put a little lime in. I did it last night. And I have to say, these... Cocktails are delectable. That's good. I'm glad at least one of us is drinking something they want to drink. And guess what? I bought a cute plastic cup that is in the shape of a lemon. It has a mason jar thing on top and then a rubber, like, green leaf. It looks like you're drinking out of a lemon. That sounds pretty neat. It's very festive. I'm trying to keep that that 4th of July holiday feeling going. It's not working great, because I just worked a full day. <laughs> yeah, you're not the only one. <laughs> I'm trying to forget. I'm trying to forget what happened and go back to that vacation-y place. Take me back there. Well, Lemon glass. <laughs> well, if that doesn't work, I'll send you a few of these peach white claws. That'll uh, mm. make you, it'll make you time travel. Not I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> It's a big negatory for me. I'm 
I'm Groda. Yoda's <laughs> cousin from the south of Tatooine. It's me, Groda. It's a good new character for the show, I think. I think so. I think so. You know what I, I was reminded by, and I have not put in, put on as a t-shirt yet for us, but I think I need to do it soon, is the Badonka Gonk. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, we got to get that out there. You know, just wait. Just wait till you see. This is going to be the t-shirt sweep in the nation. Every Walmart's going to have <laughs> front center with the Badonka Gonk. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say, you know, yes, we are trading a little bit on your IP out there, uh, Lucasfilm. But uh, I think once you see this piece of art, you're gonna want to have it in your stable. I mean, I'll buy it, it for. I'll sell it for a high price. Yep. Oh, I think so. Like I don't know, like ten, fifteen dollars, right? At least. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. I'm I, I was thinking. This, I was thinking of going as high as twenty. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, it's good. I don't know if it's $20. Overvaluing it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you can't hurt to go in the room and just fire off of the hip. Don't sell yourself short. Thanks, Grota. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't have any of the weird syntax that Yoda does. Yeah, he's totally, he's, it's everything. You just, you just, is he his younger brother? <laughs> no, he's not a brother. He's a cousin. Oh, well, Distant. okay, is he? Is he older or younger cousin? The thing is, he is, I mean, he's not 900 years old, that's for sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. the thing is, you know, he, he he showed up to Dagobah with one of those 23andMe reports. Mm. Very suspicious. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Not exa- oh, uh, exactly yeah. reliable. But he also hasn't left since he showed up. So, you know. Hmm. <laughs> Rhoda is. Always mm. oh, taking my spice soup, he does. Never replaces anything here. Mm. Are you going to eat some of this s- snake soup? I love snake soup. That's my catchphrase. Yes, saving it for lunch, I was. Please don't take my s- snake soup. They're very Not difficult anymore. to come by. Oh. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Two ideas in one. How could you pass up on this brilliance? I mean, I just think we could take the plot to either grumpy old men or like uh, the odd couple. And it's just Yoda and his younger distant cousin Groda. (laughs) Groda, of course. Good, good name, really, too. Really yeah. creative and different. <laughs> Rolls off ah, the tongue. Yep, that's right. I usually fade out the drinks theme, but I felt like the, the I think the energy in here deserves just a hard stop. Yeah, let's just do it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yep, 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 yep. That's right, that's right. John's doing the gimme hands. You know you know what I'm talking about. Just grasping at the air. Come on, uh, it's waiting for us, just champing at the bit for us to, to begin to, to see, to begin to talk about today's uh, topic. Everyone's waiting for it. Everyone, it's the talk of the town. The everyone can't stop talking about uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, the fifth 
in the Indiana Jones franchise, and much like they said with the last one, the final. Yeah, and for this one, I hope it finally is. I don't see how they could do another one, John, unless it's going to be 100% deepfaked. Yeah, and even then, I don't want that. This was definitely a test bed for that, because I did not expect the deepfake parts to go on for over 20 minutes. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like just a couple. Oh, uh, Before we get started, should I hit the, the spoiler witch clip just in case? I mean, definitely. All right. Okay, hold on. Spoilers, spoilers, mm-hmm. double boilers. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Cauldrons yep. burn and secrets bubble. Of course, yep. in, in the rights and secrets passages handed to be down to us that. by our ancestors, yep. the spoiler witch has been invoked, and we will be safe uh, tonight. new part i've added on to the end yeah. fair enough. <laughs> uh um great fantastic the spoiler which has been evoked turn back all ye who have uh, not seen the film uh unless you don't plan on it and you'd like us to spoil it for you because we'll be spoiling several big plot points twists and turns and other things you might want to see so if you're yep. going if you're planning on seeing it i would see it i would wait till after um uh, you see it to listen to this particular show because that's going to be our main topic this evening. And so there's no skipping around and there's no skipping past it. We're just going to be spoiling everything. So just keep that in mind. You have been warned. And so has the spoiler Ridge. Yeah. Stay at bay. <laughs> you still get back there. Go hang out with Groda. It's got, it's got some snake soup for you. That's right. Uh, Stole a, new it from book, a new book from Agatha Christie. You're going to love <laughs> Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, 20 whole minutes of deep fake, John, is how this movie opens. Um, did it work for you the majority Uh, of the time? Yeah, I'd say a good portion of it. I wasn't, like, I wasn't appalled by it. I mean, there's parts where it's like, ooh, ooh, it's starting to stretch the tech, uh, but you know, for for like some of the main shots that they had in there, it was all right. I mean, I just honestly, I just kind of appreciated. I was just like, oh well, this first twenty minutes is better than all thing of uh, Crystal Skull. So, <laughs> not a, it's a very low bar, but you're not wrong. Yeah, uh, it kind of yeah. reminded me of the opening of uh, the Last Crusade. Yeah, um, yeah. It had some trains. It had some some train fighting in action. And um, it was also about a younger Indiana Jones than was in that version of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. The The only part that did work for me was when he talked. Because then that was when you got 78-year-old Harrison Ford. Yeah, and it seems to, to kind of fluctuate. Because like it, it sounded like they used his voice, but they sweetened it up a little bit. And then there were other lines that seemed like they were taken out of... Uh, just like clips they had from the past and apparently from the little research that i've done that is true in terms of the deep fake they tried to match the scenes up with outtakes and unused scenes they had especially from last crusade um and and i think that it might be true for sound lines as well 
I mean, could have been, but there was just some parts where he's like, yeah, and then uh, I'm punching a Nazi. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that just sounds like Harrison Ford now. That's, mm-hmm. that, there's no point where he's just like, you know, I'm Han Solo. I'm punching Nazis. Or I'm Indiana Jones. I'm punching stormtroopers. You know how they do it. Yeah, and occasionally he would kind of move like a, a you know, 70-year-old man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they, they had two body doubles for that scene and then himself, so kind of depending on what was done. Yeah, you could uh, tell in the body. There was some real dynamic stuff when you're like, whoa, hey, uh, there's the Indiana Jones I remember. Um, yeah, I thought in general, I agree with you. It was, in general, it was done well. Um I, yeah. I like, I mean, I like the uh, callback to uh, the Raiders style um, intro and font and all that stuff. That was kind of neat to have. Yeah. That. I, in general, liked the, I you know, the deep fake aside, which didn't always work for me and, and was distracting in parts. I thought the intro was some great classic Indiana Jones stuff. Plus, it's always great to see Indiana Jones punch a Nazi. Also... Hey, Baron! It's Baron Strucker is back. I know, I know. But this... It's basically the same character. Just... In my head, canon, it is. It's just Baron, younger Baron Strucker before he got you know, uh, killed. Struck... I guess. Yeah, before he was murdered mm-hmm. by things. By stuff. I do love that the fact that they, they have the, the spear of Longinus, Longinus, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying my best. Uh, and uh, that it was a fake. I thought that was a fun little twist. Uh, love me some Mads Milkinson. Great to see him in there. My wife is a huge fan, as the listeners to this podcast may remember. Um, and she was certain that he was not going to be in the film anymore. After he got hit by that pipe going like 30 miles an hour. Well, I mean, I think if it, if the, we were being real about it, yeah, he should have. That was it. Like, he was really he, dead. He should he'd be very dead or like just stuck in a, a, a tomb of some sort or like, or his face should just be disintegrated. Yeah. Uh, just, just swinging to this day. People still see him swinging from that water tower or whatever. Yep, just head smash it because that hit, it, that hit him hard. I yeah. Said, oh, oh, Ooh, yeah. And then yeah, showed up fine, <laughs> like, like look too good. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah, and we find out that in this opening scene, like the real MacGuffin of the piece, it's not the spear of Longinus. Uh, instead, it's uh, the Dial of Destiny or Archimedes Dial or the Antikythera, which is, John, a real thing. It's based on a real thing, much like the the um, a lot of the previous uh, Indiana Jones have, have used real or at least sort of fictionalized versions of supposed real historical objects, I guess, except for the Crystal Skull, which is based on a pronk. A prank that somebody played a lie. Is <laughs> that a real thing? It's like a prank. What's a prank? It's a. Think... It's French for prank, of course. Oh, well, I I thought that you were talking about like some real alien esque crystal skull action. I was like, oh, call no, the prank. No. Finally, that movie has more <laughs> validity now. 
<laughs> nope. No, it even has less because it's based on a a uh, a fabrication. Um, but uh, yeah, the Antikythera is a real thing. I did a little research on it too. Yeah, there you go. See, it's like it, it's a very mysterious. I could see how you would be uh, inspired by it. It's a, it, it is something that is indeed wildly advanced technologically for the time that it was supposedly you know carbon dated to have been created in, and many people think it's evidence of time travel or aliens or something like that. You know how people love to just not believe that H people could ever do anything complicated. Well, this is one of those moments. Well, I'm I'm happy to hear that in conjunction with just kind of like you said how the other indie movies kind of operated based off of either stories or actual versions of some of these items in some sort of uh, you know embellishing on them a little bit in terms of their tales, but having a, a basis in some sort of lore. So it's yeah. it's nice to have that kind of continue it through and. As happy it was not Spirit Destiny, because I swear that was like a comic book they did once for Indiana Jones. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean that may, makes sense. Or a video game. May have been a video game. Oh, uh, yeah, Maybe. it was. There was the, uh, well, so yeah, there was supposed to be the Spirit Destiny, and then there was uh, the video game was, they did Staff of Kings, where people were okay. going after Moses's staff. Close Moses's to staff. a spear. Close yeah. to a spear. It's a stick without a the real pointy part i guess right it's it's on the way every you know what every spear starts as a staff talk about you put that on a shirt yeah that was deep (laughs) yep (laughs) um uh yeah so i thought that was really cool um and uh i like that they're involving like a real uh historical figure i felt i feel like that also grounds things in a way that i i really appreciate from an indiana jones movie by uh involving archimedes a very, uh, a very not just Merlin's owl's name. That's right. You sword in the stone fans out there know what I'm talking about. But yeah, uh, what are you talking about? Mm, well, <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I thought that was really cool. Like that's one of the things that I. That's one of the reasons why I didn't like Crystal Skull all that much. Um, because it was tough to, it just like, didn't have that, it felt too fantastical, which is weird to say, considering all the things that Indiana Jones had seen and done. But there is a certain amount of like, even if it's fake, the historical relevancy of his quest is is usually grounded more in reality. In a way that I think, and, I, and it just didn't work for me as well in, in Crystal's Call. Yeah, it took it a little. It took it a step too far. Yeah. Uh, I think Crystal's. I think that you know. I mean, mutt swinging from rope to rope with the monkeys, <laughs> the sword fight. You know, like it just was. Just, okay, I can suspend a lot of disbelief for these, but swinging with the monkeys through a jungle. Um, that whole I'm, sequence was packed with stuff that like was tough to reconcile vis-a-vis me suspending my disbelief like the person being like carried away by ants uh was was kind of goofy and the fact that they had that joke where they fall down three separate deadly humongous waterfalls (laughs) just Mm -hmm. keeps happening and happening and happening i I know like the rule there's the rule of threes when it comes to being funny but it's just like 
I can't. I find it hard to believe that they survived the first time. Now they're going to do it two more times, and everyone's going to be fine. Yeah. That's and then a, that's that also a... contained the the swimming, the swinging that you mentioned, the Shia swinging from the uh, from the branches, of course. Yes, I mean, think about like how organized that jungle would have had to been to have those vines like all there for you to be able to comfortably swing and like catch up to a car. Yeah, he also did it by watching tiny monkeys do the same. Do you think those uh, vines are load bearing? I guess. I guess they are in the fiction of the film. I mean, at least probably hold a few hundred pounds, or at least one Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention, like, the use of indigenous peoples in that movie is, ooh, you look back on it and you're like, oh, boy, oh, hey, ho. You sure you want to do that, George Lucas? <laughs> you sure, buddy? Like, well, yeah, I need to do that because it's Indiana <laughs> Jones, and I like I like aliens with crystal skulls. <laughs> no, no, hold, hold on. They're not actually aliens. They're interdimensional beings. Very important. Well, they're not from here, so they're aliens. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. <laughs> George. Opening up a Pandora's box of sorts from uh, from George Lucas. but um, it's, what, it's what I do. It's Roger, Roger. <laughs> Roger, yep. His classic, uh, his classic catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, we're talking a little bit about the plot, but I think it might be good to give context. If, you, if you're not following the trades out there, uh, you may not be aware that Indiana Jones is doing very poorly at the box office and has received very middling reviews. I think it is in the, the mid-50s on review aggregate site uh, Metacritic. Yeah, that, that bastion of truth and quality. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And, I, and, uh, and I, you know, I don't want to give anything away here, John, even though I'm going to, but I left the movie being very surprised... Uh, that is the reception that it got. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I. Like, <laughs> I don't, don't get. Know. I mean, I don't. Well, I don't know what people want anymore. I, 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 Truly, I, I, I never knew before, but now I don't understand like what you want in a good old action adventure movie. Like, what were you hoping for? It like, are you you looking for like um, end game? level of you know craziness with everyone coming out of the woodworks for this one last hurrah for Indy getting every I don't know what you want it was a it was an Indiana Jones movie and I think that was for me anyway it was an Indiana Jones movie and I think that is an incredibly hard bar to hit um, yeah especially when you're when we're talking about every single one is directed by Steven Spielberg for goodness sakes yeah. Uh, except for this one, a real hard bar to clear. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I was very confused about the reception after seeing it. I have to say, I again, I don't think it's the best Indiana Jones movie that's ever no. been made. Raiders, I think, takes the <laughs> Raiders is just too good of a movie. Period. Uh, to to be dethroned in my mind, anyway. I mean, we talked about it uh, in a past episode, but Raiders is like one of the best action movies ever made, in my opinion. Yeah, but like... It's like almost a perfect movie, I think. It is almost perfect. It never feels tiring. The pacing is always on point. There's humor. There's action. It has everything that you need. Like the, the template 
is there. And that is very difficult to like mimic. And the only person who can do that really is Steven Spielberg. And then there's a bunch of like Spielberg esque directors, ones who grew up with him and admire him, you know, like James J. Abrams come to mind as someone mm -hmm. who is very Spielberg esque, but he ain't Spielberg. Nope. Uh, you know, but I'd say maybe James Mangold at least really understood the assignment. Um, he really did. This. Yeah. And it, it really felt like it hit all the marks. It covered all the bases and was a really satisfying adventure film. Uh, sure, there are plot holes and there are holes that you can you can poke in the the script and the and the sort of the internal logic of the film. Um, but uh, I came away just really enjoying myself in a way uh, that I wasn't expecting. And and I saw it on like a I saw it on a Sunday at noon. Okay. Um, and so I saw it in a fairly empty theater. But what was kind of magical. Is I did I saw it with a group of people who are probably like thirty years older than I am, oh. <laughs> at minimum. It was like a bunch of people in their seventies and or late sixties, and I, they were just so fucking jazzed for this movie. It was infectious. I was in the line to get a little small popcorn because I I can't see a movie without popcorn. It's like these are things that are intrinsically linked in my mind and i'm standing there and there's a guy he's got to be in his his mid to late 60s in, in line and there's a bunch of people in line and he's just like do 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 like a little kid he was so excited to see an indiana jones movie uh there's a part later in the film where uh where uh, a plane goes through a time rift in a storm and it stalls. It's that big old twin engine, you know, Nazi flying fortress. And uh, it stalls and starts to fall out of the sky. I hear from across the theater an old couple, oh, <laughs> just like <laughs> eating it up. It was it was fantastic. I think the same people clapped at the end. It was only one, you know, I, I, I threw a clap in there. And so did uh, and so did my uh, my lovely wife to uh, you know so there's not just silence of the one guy clapping but uh, but it was yeah, exactly it was just a bunch of it was a bunch of you know uh, sectogenarians and and just loving a, a trip to the movies and I, I don't know that that made the whole thing all the more. It, uh, of an experience to me. It's funny you mentioned that. So I saw it on Saturday, like three o'clock in the afternoon. The theater wasn't like packed, but like there was definitely people in it. Um, I, I went to the Alamo and people were like, there's that part when they're all on like the tuk tuk bikes. Uh -huh, and there's yeah. like these barrel, of, like there's these branches that like swing around yeah, and smashes dude. that dude in the face. <laughs> Everybody in the audience was, oh! <laughs> like, yeah. it, it was, you know, like there's a little bit of hooting and hollering too, but like anytime someone get, got popped or, you know, every time he kept saying, he's a Nazi. Yeah. They, people are cracking up because it was just like, yeah, all right, all right, I like this. And then we, even at the end, people clapped. And I was like, yeah. wow, what a, what a foreign thing now. It's so 
it's usually so like quiet for the most part. Like you don't really get the same level of cheering or anything that you used to get with these movies. But it, it, it you know, Indiana Jones, if anything's going to bring that out in you, it's going to be Indy. Yeah, and that's it. Like we both had two totally separate uh, movie watching experiences, and they both were sort of they had that old movie magic in it somehow. And I, you know, the numbers for this movie are tracking right now to have it be one of the biggest what folks are now calling flop busters of the summer. And I think that's a damn shame. It's not bad at all. It's like, it is a a damn good Indiana Jones movie and a really touching way to say goodbye to the character. Like Harrison Ford showed up for this movie. I mean, yeah, he put in his all. And then even outside of this movie, like all the press he's doing and going around, he normally doesn't really do that stuff. No, like, you don't. You don't catch him doing like L.A. Bible, <laughs> like YouTube right? clips where he's talking about his career or with like energy and gusto and all that. You don't get that. Yeah, he gave it his all in this, and it was just like, it, for me, it was a lovely swan song for Indy, a, a better one than they tried to give him. Um, well, that's certainly true. You know, and I just, I just, yeah, it just it worked. Well, for me, I can see where people have issues with that time traveling stuff, but I'm like, uh, giant interdimensional being spaceship in a mine, uh, uh, pyramid check, uh, Ark of the Covenant, the wrath of God shooting out of it, melting Nazis check, uh, voodoo blood from the, you know, (laughs) like, what about talking to a ghost? What about going into an ancient thing in the, uh, Talking to a ghost that's been waiting in there for someone to choose a cup. Exactly. <laughs> like, these uh, are it, real things that happen to Indiana Jones in these movies. Like, I think the time travel in, in this one was fairly tame in comparison. Oh, completely. The, the picture of that was the whole third arc. Or third act. It was just like, they, they, they went and time traveled and then this happened. No, they, they, they did the right amount of time for it. You know, they gave you like, here, we're 20 minutes in and then this is it. You know, this is what you're going to get for it. And it's fine. It's complete. I mean, it was, it's completely fine, but I can see where a lot of people are like, oh, that was stupid. I don't like it. I can see that. I can also see just people, you know, viewing habits have changed where like, I don't need to see that in theater. I'll just catch that, you know, when it streams or something. Yeah, it could be. It could be that, like, the power of the draw and power of our generation is also, like, our generation's nostalgia is also fading, perhaps. And and the young, the kids don't give a shit about Indiana Jones anymore. Well, I mean, that's true. But, I mean, if if anything, I hate ragging on Crystal Skull so much, but that really did sour the well, like, for a lot of people. Maybe the opposite is true. Maybe people were wait. They were like, "I can't wait to see what Shia LaBeouf's character is up to in this one. What will Mutt Lang be doing?" And then they're like, "What? He's not in it. Oh, He's no. fucking dead. Yeah, that was <laughs> they the, killed him off screen. That was the right call. That was the right call. That Listen." <laughs> What are you saying? You don't like 
Indiana Jones greaser son that loves to fence and also Tarzan swing through the jungle with his monkey pals? No. <laughs> yeah, okay. No. Yeah, no. That's fair. Isn't it? That's fair. It, no, there are moments in in Crystal Skull where it's like, oh, I, I'm feeling indie. It's cool. And then there are the parts where he shows up. You go, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, oh mud! No. Oh mud! Why? Uh, yeah, it, it is. Uh, it is interesting. Tell me what you thought. This show, uh, or sorry, this movie introduced several new characters. What did you thought think of Helena Shaw, uh, Indiana Jones' goddaughter, and uh, the sort of anti-hero archaeologist slash thief of the picture? I I so I enjoyed. Well, and I thought Phoebe Waller-Bridge did an amazing job uh, in this film. And it was nice to kind of see those parallels because a lot of people don't seem to remember Temple of Doom is actually like really the first it's foray. It's a prequel, yeah. It's a prequel, right? It's and a sequel he or was, a prequel. Pretty bizarre if you think I, about I it. I know, <laughs> right? But he was he was in it for the money. And at the end of it, he learned not to be in it for the money. And then that yeah. kind of... You know, like each one of these films teaches Indy a new thing, uh, either about, you know, uh, Last Crusade feels like it's about family a little bit. Uh, Temple of Doom was about like learning that these things should be treasured and not exploited. And then uh, the uh, Raiders was, feels like it was just like building his mythos and like, uh, you know, finding love, like being able to kind of settle down with like mm-hmm. uh, Marion or whatever. And I felt like uh, Helena in this was exactly that, was jaded, grew up hearing about your godfather, who is Indiana Jones, and I'm sure you're just getting told these tales. That has to be intoxicating the one to kind of follow in those footsteps a little bit, because it sounds insane. So that was like her arc, but I, I, I enjoyed the character a lot. No problem. Yeah. I, I actually did, too. Um, I haven't read the critique of why people don't like her, um, maybe they thought she wasn't aspirational enough to sort of carry on the legacy, if that is indeed what the film was intending to set up. Um, but I really liked her swaggering anti-hero, like, uh, will she or won't, like, is she, I think she, she played the character so well that in the moments where she is betraying Indy, I couldn't tell if she was doing so wholeheartedly in the moment or not. Right. Um, and right. I thought that that was a real fun magic trick uh, because she had done enough sort of like duplicitous things up to the point where they're on the boat and, and she is, you know, giving away all the secrets supposedly that I was like ready to, I knew that it, I knew just because of the, I know the structure of movies that at the end she was likely going to have been redeemed or, or, or do something to, to save the day. But uh, I was definitely, you know, guessing about her motives throughout the entire thing. I agree. I agree. It, it, there is enough slyness in there. It wasn't until the dynamite stick on the boat was okay. She's yeah. She's starting you know, to get it. That's her yeah. real turn. Yeah. Yeah. It's her real turn there, but everything else up until that point was like, Oh no, I don't, I don't really know. And I, I you know what? I, I, Maybe I'm just getting older now to even say 
at the time travel thing, I had no idea what was actually going to go down. Like, no. I wasn't sure if he, because, you know, none of us have time traveled. We don't actually know how it really works. Everyone's so, got a budget. So far as you know. Yes. Well, okay. I've never time traveled. I won't speak for Forrest. Maybe he's hopped in the, the, the cat-like TARDIS. <laughs> you know, I knew that was coming. I fucking barreled down the camera that's not in my room. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew Indy! Gonna... It's about your kids, Indy! Okay. Um... But like, I really didn't know, like if he was, you know, like how this was going to end and to be fair, depending on what they would have done, would have probably changed how I viewed this movie. If it didn't end the way it did, I probably would have disliked it a lot more. Like, or I felt it would have felt flat if they would have kind of go with what they were trying to hint at. Because also it was almost felt like they were leaning on the fact that every time you hear Harrison Ford talk about all his old characters, he just wants to kill them off. You know, so he's just like, oh, shit. Well, this is the one where Indy dies, I guess. Yeah, which Uh, doesn't seem right either. But no, in in terms of uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she did an amazing amazing job. I don't really get where people, like, I really don't get people anymore. I thought I did, but. I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm right there with folks. This one, I just don't, like, the amount of vitriol that's being directed towards it. And how badly it's doing is it just makes no sense to me because it is quite fun. I'm part of me thinks like, is this just because like Harrison Ford is you know he is stacking on those years and he often like in Star Wars too he played the sad version of a character that everyone loves <laughs> like are people kind of over the old sad old guy trope? Is that a trope now and people are not liking it? Is that I mean, possibly playing into it at all? Oh, probably. But I mean, that is a character arc. It's not like, oh, he's lived ever happily ever after. No, if you're revisiting this character in another movie, that means something hasn't gone right in his life. You know, each mm-hmm. time it's something one of these. Before he's an archaeologist, he's doing all that stuff. That's fine. But now, like as he's getting on in years and stuff like that, you think you're 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 visiting him, dial, dial a destiny, and you're wondering like, yeah, what's this old like this former, not even really former shell of himself? He still has the spirit. It's just the body is, you know, lacking to a degree. Like and you could see that in his, the level of physicality that was in this one still doing things that I could never do even at his age. And I mean, when he walked around shirtless, I was like, Fuck yeah, this guy, 80 Seriously, years old. We should all be so lucky. <laughs> be so lucky to be as fit as this dude. And, um, but like, you know, you could definitely see him not doing, trying to do indie things, but not doing them all away. Like indie probably would have like that. Yeah. Uh, they, and they definitely play that up. Like when he's in fights and stuff, he's just not as strong. And he's oftentimes clever, but he's not like he's not socking people in the gob like he used to uh, in a real commanding way. Yeah, or uh, like you know that whole uh, auction piece. I was waiting when he does the whole you know the the reversal of the sword gun duel from Raiders, where he's like whipping the whole room, and then they just all pull out their gats. I was waiting for him to like just 
uh, hightail it out the window, use the whip to swing away, you know. But he's like, no, nah, I just got to drop to the floor. I'm too old. <laughs> <Get> <laughs> yep. shot type of thing. Like, but uh, I, don't, I mean, that's part of the draw, right? Like, if you want to Indy and you're not recasting Indiana Jones, you're not rebooting it, which you should never do. I yeah, come up with something new. Yeah, do something else if that's the point. You know, kick, kickstart more of the Uncharted movies if you feel like you need an IP to believe in, or yeah, just have someone come up with their own version of it. But like, he was there, he was doing this stuff. I don't really it, and it was a lot of fun. I I enjoyed myself, and I it wasn't like detrimental to my indiana jones experience which i was waiting for i was waiting yeah. for me to go in there going like oh man well there's three movies for sure and that's all i'll count yeah but now yeah, it's I like mean, hey there's four movies i was pretty burned by crystal skull it was one of those movies where i came out of kind of like a convincing trying to convince myself that i liked more of it than i did now don't get me wrong i think there are good parts like you said yeah. Uh, but there are there is too much of that movie that is goofy and cartoon like, in a way that really takes me out of it. Um, and this movie felt really fixed a lot of that by feeling much more grounded. I felt like. Um, but uh, what did you think of the uh, the villainist trio in this in this movie? We got Doctor Voler, we got the giant seven foot tall. Uh, dude, just, just made out of bricks or something. Like I don't know where you find. I don't know how you produce a, a person like that. Yeah, Hawk. I think his name was. Yeah, uh, like with a U. Yep. Hawk. 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 Uh, and then we had uh, Hoyd Holbrook as uh, some flat flat top neo Nazi who was kind of a dope, which I liked a lot. He was like a, a ruthless dope. Yeah. Well, so I enjoyed this because it was a different, it, different but very familiar indie villain, but the lack of resources. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, well, it was like Raiders or just a bunch of Nazis and, you know, submarines and all this stuff. It was very condensed. Like the people involved in this were very condensed, you know, right. like dr volier being brought in through operation paperclip you know to put rockets mm -hmm. on the moon and stuff like that so kind of having that thing um but so it was very like intimate and not as big as some of the other indie movies but it was still a spectacle if that makes sense it's it's like hard to explain it just it wasn't just like hundreds of dudes it was just a few dudes but yeah raiders has that quintessential i guess into a certain extent uh last crusade does as well just like they have the entire backing of the of the German army or whatever, and so they have all unlimited resources, and that and like Indiana Jones has to be scrappy. Uh, whereas in this one, it's like Doctor Voller is taking advantage of the fact that he put Americans on the moon, and so he has like the American government helping him retrieve this thing just to keep him happy, basically. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to help him get the dial because they thought that would keep him occupied while they were thinking of whatever they were going to do next. Um, and when that isn't, when that's no longer convenient, he is able to. He has some. He has some means. Yeah, you're right. But he doesn't have yeah. like a whole cadre of soldiers or platoon or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, it's, call on. 
Yeah, it's not like, you know, like he had a plan, but it wasn't, yeah, there wasn't like a grand uh, orchestration, really, or like here's a p- tons of planes and boats and all this stuff, you know, it felt very like uh, minimal. It's still there, but it wasn't like it wasn't like the others. But I really appreciated that, and I thought Mad Mickelson did a a great job. Yeah, because his plan was cool. He didn't want his plan was actually he was going to go back in time and assassinate Hitler and then take his place because he knew that with this dial he could basically he would be invincible and well, he would win the war for Germany and the Nazis. Well, yeah, because he he agreed with how you know he. I think at that point that was his rise to power, but it wasn't that he. So he agreed to how he got to that point, but he never agreed how he, you know, handled the war, and so there was just like a that right. ideological difference, which I did appreciate because there's a point where like Ford's like, "Who are you going to go back and kill?" You know, like Eisenhower, or you know, like what are you going to do? And he's like, "No, I'm going to kill Hitler and take his place." Yeah, and then I'm gonna, you know, a V two super rocket now with a whole new plan that I have because, you know, I have so many more years experience now building these things. I can make even more deadlier rockets and stuff. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a it was a novel plan, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I really liked in this movie how they uh, they really brought back the globe trotting. I felt in a way that was really fun. Uh, we go all over. We we visit physical sets that feel like they could exist in real life. Uh, it's got all sorts of ancient mechanisms and puzzles. The whole like puzzle adventure, finding the clues and following them felt really satisfying. In a way that uh, if you watch something like Uncharted, it just doesn't work at all. Like just to show, it's like not easy to do this kind of formula because if you watch that movie, you're literally like. It, this what? is just a re- excuse to get from like action set piece to action set piece, and like the connecting tissue doesn't matter, and you're like, uh, okay, fine. I guess I'm just here to see Tom Holland be Peter Parker again. <laughs> Peter Drake, Nathan yep, Drake's younger brother. Hey, it's me, Sully. How you doing? Let's go say find hello. some treasure, whatever. Okay, uh, okay, Sully, let's go. And why you <laughs> to so- say hello? Say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> yep. You remember me from the video games? I'm like a father figure and an old man. But in this one, I'm Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Wahlburgers. Get a Wahlburger. What do you say, buddy? Hey, you want dysentery? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Alleged. This is not the position of Pop Saga or 2D Corporation. Uh, never been to Wahlburger. I'm sure it's great. Yeah, It'll come sure at us. I'm sure they make something that looks like a burger. Yep. I'm sure, you know, if I hadn't fallen asleep during Uncharted, I'm sure your performance is great. Yeah, I'm sure it's excellent. Let's go get Cortez's gold or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, I mean, this plot here was relatively easy to follow in a way. Yeah. Like, you could just kind of go with uh, the, the main themes of the plot, not necessarily like where the movie was going to go, but in terms of like how they got there. Yeah. But in everything, like the whole tuck, tuck race through, like, was it, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, the Moroccan, the, the tuck, tuck uh, race through Morocco was uh, fantastic. I love the addition of the sad fiance who is like, he's like oh, murderously yeah. depressed. And he is like, and then he keeps being like, <laughs> <laughs> just, 
he just wants her to come back, but he also wants her dead. There's like a fun like uh, interplay with that, and just having him kind of show up and and be a goofball. It, it felt like it felt funny in the way that Indiana Jones used humor in the past, and not like cartoonish like you might have seen in uh, Crystal Skull. Yeah, it's not like driving through a, a sop hop or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah. through the library, whatever they ended up doing that one. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. It, each spot was awesome. The uh, I don't know why, though. I will admit, though, I have no idea why Antonio Banderas got like third billing. <laughs> okay, why is nobody talking about the fact that Antonio Banderas is like in this movie for literally fifteen minutes and has like four lines and got third billing? <laughs> It's like I was like I have no idea. I don't know how that happens. I just think it's just the power of the name. I guess at that point, like I was, I was like, why? Is, at first, I was like, oh, he's in it, and then I was like, oh, this is gonna be really cool. You know, have these two together and all this stuff. And you know, once they get over and find uh, the uh, the uh, Macarena device, yeah, um, <laughs> the, the ticket there, right? of course. Sure, sure, sure. Because tight. Um, yeah, once you find it, I was like, oh, it's going to be great. I was like, oh, no, never mind. That's nope. cool. Yeah, no, he's he is very dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I felt like they were really paying him by the minute. So <laughs> they, they were, his his paycheck was completely based by the amount of time he was in the film. And they were like, oh, he's going to be in this thing for two hours. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Just take him out. That being something. said, though, like he brought it. Everyone who's in this movie, even if they have small parts, really brings it in a way that you don't always see. Like uh, Toby Jones, for example, who's playing Basil Shaw or Baz in the movie. His the the scene in which it flashes back and Indy is visiting uh, Basil and he's telling him about the Antikythera. And it's clear that he's completely unhinged and he's ranting about it. Like, that acting is so incredible. And, you know, the way that uh, Indy dismisses it and, like, leaves, like, and how crestfallen Basil is, that whole part is just like, wow. It, I really felt the emotion of that scene. And, like, Toby Jones is hardly in the movie. But when he is, like, he lights up the screen. It was really, really fantastic. The same thing with Antonio Banderas playing mm-hmm. uh, Spain's greatest frogman. Uh, I thought he was just like charismatic and charming, and I loved the character. I felt bad when he died, which is uh, like you said, he's only on the screen for like what it's got to be like ten minutes. Yeah, and, if, if that, like, I mean, it's not a lot. Yeah, and it's a it's a fun action set piece, like the eels, the underwater stuff. Uh, I thought was a, was a hoot. And uh, the way they got away, like you said, the whole dynamite thing. And then the whole, the the way that they bring Helena, sort of bring her uh, her cavalier attitude back down to earth when, you know, Harrison, when Indy is literally just like, yeah, my friend died back there. When she's just like, we, we did it. Take that, guys. We escaped. And I think, like in a lesser movie, that would have just left been left alone. But Harrison Ford, you know, Indiana Jones, just be like, "My friend just died," was like a really, it was a really great moment of of using like you know that righteous indignation that Indy often gets to display. Uh, well, yeah, but it's also again, it's showing that growth. 
it's showing that indie growth where he's just not like blowing past it or whatever. He, he, it's like his mortality has hit him. Every you know, like everything is culminating. All the things that he knew in the past is just kind of evaporating. That feels like that's really part of the story. Like yeah, he's he, losing everything. He has. Yeah. He feels like he has no reason to be around anymore. Yeah, and again, James Mangold is really good at that. He did that with Logan, and yeah, talk about a talk about a, a tough watch. Yeah, but like that was a person on the end, on the other end of their life, and we were watching it and experiencing it. And there was, you know, there was no difference with this. And yeah, they have them call that out, so it wasn't just like yeah, we got away, and then like you said, a, a lesser movie would have just ignored it. They would have a swipe cut or something, and then that would have been it. <laughs> but in this one, he's <laughs> just sure. like, no, my friend died. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just... I, it, again, I don't really know what people were... I don't know what people were walking into this who were disappointed in this movie were expecting. But Well, um, I heard a lot about the yeah, third act and the time, the going back in time itself. A lot of people are complaining about the the, the scenes... Uh, in ancient Rome, the battle, the the invasion of Syracuse, uh, that is in the film. Again, I didn't mind it. I could see how it might bump you because Indiana Jones has like he has fleeting moments with these mystical and and supernatural powers, but rarely has he so directly involved, I guess, or transported. Uh, to me, I thought I really loved all those scenes, though. People who don't like this movie are going to be really annoyed uh, with our takes, I feel like. But I, I liked, I kind of loved those scenes. And I loved the, the moment at which Indy looks over and he sees uh, Dr. Voller's wristwatch. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. recognizes it from the Archimedes corpse that he found in the in the tomb uh, that he was at previously, and it's all starting to fall into place. Like this is the propellers on the the Phoenix from the the Freese on the side of Archimedes' tomb. Like this, everything that is going to happen will always happen was meant to happen, and I thought that moment was awesome and i love the fact that they went back all this shit happened and it turns out that this entire mechanism the dial of destiny the antikythera the you know archimedes dial whatever you want has was always meant to close the loop on this exact time period it's like he put it out there in the world so that this thing that had already happened could happen again it needed to happen like this whole like predetermined time travel like if it already happened it always happens sort of destiny i thought was really cool i like i really like that type of time travel story i guess i mean it worked i mean it was in the title we should have knew it was coming you know like that destiny was going to rear its head in this case and mm-hmm. it this had to happen like the, the in order for it to happen he had to go you know, a man who already felt out of time was truly out of time. Yeah. You know, and, he, and it was meaningful. It's yeah. like this is somebody who has theoretically studied all these things for their entire life, and then they get to experience it firsthand. Like, I like that. The Maybe it's the way that 
the pathos at which uh, Harrison Ford plays that moment. But that worked for me in a way that I wasn't expecting. And I was I felt for him in a very real way. Oh, completely. That's why I was waiting for him. You know, that's why during that whole time, I did not know how it was going to play. Because part of me in my head was like, is he going to stay back in the past? And I was like, Lord, I hope, I hope, I hope he doesn't. Yeah, like, if there had been, I'll give you this. If there had been a moment where he like, listen, kid, I'm staying back in the past, and that's that. Our Archimedes has a magic bullet puller outer. I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> and then like, uh, Helena goes back to the future, and you know she's all sad, but then she's in a tube over in. <laughs> <laughs> she's in. She's exploring it too, but she she wipes off a fresco, and oh my god, it's Harrison Ford's smirking face with the fucking toga on. I would have left. I would have walked out. I don't care if there's two minutes left in the movie. I would have demanded my money back. You would that thing would have also had his fedora on though. <laughs> Except no, Archimedes is wearing it. This looks better on you, kid. <laughs> That's how she gets it for the end of the movie. <laughs> it's in a box. It yeah. says for Helena. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Archimedes invented the first hat box. <laughs> <laughs> it's Yeah. So yeah, if that had happened, I would have been like, this sucks. Well, I'm checking out. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. I'd have been like, what? No, thank you. Like that's no, no. I'd have been like the movie was pretty good up until this part, and then it got terrible. So through process of elimination, the whole movie is terrible. <laughs> yeah, that would have that would have been terrible, but uh, that's not the case. Like the it's just because it's not a device. The dial of destiny is not a device that go that can lend you anywhere in time. It just predicted one moment in time that would connect back to Archimedes time so he could get some backup for these fucking Romans that are coming, showing up and going to invade everything. He needs a couple of dragons to show up. Exactly. Phoenix dragons. Yeah, yeah Phoenix okay. dragons flying through the sky that could shoot white hot dragon breath bullets. Bro, the, I think you just created a new Beatles <laughs> During their mass, magical mystery tour phase. Giant metal phoenix flying through the blue gray blue sky, spitting out land with a bada 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 bada. I mean, I love that part. I love when uh, the, the boy uh, Boyd Holbrook is just shooting at him from the window. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you fuckers shooting our plane. <laughs> just like, yeah, that seems like something your character would do. Yeah, Definitely and I love that. how like I love how uh, smart Doctor Voler was in an intellectual sense, but like he didn't he was just focused on the mathematics of the thing and didn't kind of think outside of a very narrow understanding of this thing and, and uh, how wrong he was. The way that Mads Milkinson plays like the absolute crestfallen, just like panicked nature of Doctor Voler once he realizes that uh that he is completely wrong and they're not even close to the time you wanted to go back to is masterfully done really really loved it uh mm -hmm. just a lot of great act just a lot of great actors plying their craft 
being great at it. Sala was fine. <laughs> it's great to see John Race Davies, I guess. I mean, I'll take any. I'll take anything. So give me the little uh, cameo he did. I approve of it. Or can't, yeah. you know, and that part's moments. legitimately funny when he's like, Give him hell, Indiana Jones! And then he almost gets hit by a car. Also, aren't they on the lookout for famous murderer Indiana Jones? <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe keeping the downs on. Yeah, but you know, like, yeah, yeah, airports were a different beast back then. Yeah, something the news that... hadn't traveled the, the blocks it took to get to the champion. You know, something we never got the experience was like, hey, you want to fly to New York? It's $20. And, hey, when do you want to fly to New York? I don't know. I feel like it's today. Cool. Just walk up to the counter, buy a ticket. This Yeah. No ID needed. No, yeah. <laughs> Just There's no security. Yeah, don't worry it's about it. It's all the it. honor system. Yeah, exactly. You get on the plane, they trust that you put your 20 bucks in the 10 can by the door. And that's all. Yeah. That's all they do. Yeah, no, that's... I mean, again, I go back to I don't really know... like. I can see where the time travel stuff will irk people. It didn't for me. It's especially after Crystal Skull, there was going to be n almost nothing I think they could have done outside of him being like, yeah, on a relief or something. Or, yeah, a Marvel statue yeah. of him from the past. Yeah, that would have that would have been like, okay, you you found a way to jump the swinging mutt shark. Yep. But... <laughs> but like no, it was it, it it was paced well, it was acted very well, and I had a good time. And I my ex but to be fair, my expectations were I I would say understandably probably lower um for this movie, and I don't really trust reviewers' takes on anything, so I don't like listen to them. I don't go look for that stuff because I'm just like. It's a movie I know I'm going to see anyway. Let me go experience it and and inform my own opinion. You know. What yeah, I mean? and I think that's the the biggest takeaway for me for anyone who's listening is if you haven't if you've listened to all this, sorry, we spoiled everything, and it, 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 that will likely make the movie slightly less enjoyable. But if you haven't seen it, go out and see it in the theaters. You 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 crazy, uh, unhinged. Uh, Looney Tune, you? Uh, because this is the last time Harrison Ford is going to put that hat on. All right? This is the last time we're getting the band back together uh, for an Indiana Jones movie. So, like, why don't you go there and check it out? Because uh, it's a lot of fun if you just kind of put your preconceived notions aside and just like, hey, I want to have a fun time at the movies. And uh, she, see a fun pulp story that isn't exactly uh, realistic. Yeah, exactly. Like, that used to be the, uh, I don't know, the whole point of the medium, I felt, was a little bit of escapism. And, you know, just having kind of, uh, you know, just having a good time. And that's exactly what this is. And Yeah, it felt pretty old school, right? Yeah, it, it was like... It was enough old school to elicit reactions again in a theater, something I've not really heard in years. Like people, not people talking through the movie, no, like people experiencing something together and it 
connecting with the 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 pieces that it was doing right so like it's uh -huh. like oh yeah. we're gonna hit this dude real hard in the face people we want a reaction we want oh, 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 oh damn or something that's what we're shooting for and it was successful in that um yeah and this is john williams last movie i think came out of retirement just to do it that's it for him i mean it's a lot of last and you know hopefully well, I'll say this, hopefully within our lifetime, we won't get a reboot of Indy or anything that they just, you want Indiana Jones, you got the movies you got, just watch those. We yeah, don't... well, I hate to break it to you, John, but after the oh. performance of this one, they're not going to be rebooting it anytime soon, I do not think. Well, then that's not hate to break it to me. In fact, I got exactly that I want. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a fun freaking film. I even like Teddy, the little kid. Yeah, he didn't annoy me. No. Uh, you know, I mean, to be fair, uh, Indiana Jones has a pretty good track record with kid characters being stuff that people don't hate about the film. Uh, but I thought uh, Teddy carried on that mantle, mantle admirably, and uh, he did kill a guy. So that's fun. Yeah, I mean, there was look, we got everything. I got everything that I wanted out of an Indiana Jones movie. He punched Nazis, mm -hmm. killed Nazis. Sure did. Uh, he thwarted Nazi plots. Mm -hmm. uh, and he did it while knowing history. Yeah, he did it. He, he championed science and, uh, and, 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 and in a way that you wanted him to. I, I don't know. I think... I've heard people complain that the ending of the movie is very depressing because we leave him in his, you know, hot New York apartment. Uh, but, and maybe people wanted to see him with a, maybe a more noble or glorious end. Uh, but I really loved it. I to listen. I, maybe this is because I'm also becoming an old man, but. Did you tear up when she showed up? When Marion shows up, yeah. I rolled a tear. Me too. I'm not gonna lie. No, me too. I have no shame in that game. I was so happy for him. Right. Well, like, did you not? The people complain about. It. Did you not pay attention to the the love of his life? Someone that you know reflectively has been pined over over and over again. Like the someone who could settle like. Someone who could complete Indiana Jones. Right. Left him because they were so inconsolable over uh, LaBeouf's death. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, he was a broken shell of his former self who was reliving, like, one more glory days in an effort to make sure that that didn't happen to, like, his goddaughter and everything else. That's why he gets involved in it. And then to have... You know, the love of his life come back and then them starting over. That is a wonderful way to wrap it up. Like, what else do you want? Yeah, because you have to assume, like, they didn't just stay in his sweaty, gross apartment, I'm sure, with the loud music coming from your damn hippie neighbors. Uh, he, I'm sure, you know, him and Marion went off to wherever. But, like, I think you're right. It's the emotional place that we leave him in, in is very happy and triumphant. And, uh, you know, we get this closing shot of the film. We get a sort of a uh, iris wipe 
and down to his hat. That's he's literally hanged up his hat, but then he grabs it at the end. And so, John, judging by the series of events that happened in that last part, it's clear that him and Marion were going to get down to some very sexy business. Yep. And then he grabs his hat. Well, you always need protection. <laughs> did it we did it this that's the show for sure uh closing thoughts uh this half of pop saga recommends it wholeheartedly i don't want to rag on the people who didn't like it too much it's if you <laughs> find joy in the fact that it's bombing at the box office that's fine i guess you chase your bliss i really loved it if if you like if your likes align with mine i think you'll like it too uh so i hope you go out there to see it because it's a, it's a heck of a lot of fun it, ditto i enjoyed it i now have four solid indiana jones movies uh to be able to watch i'll definitely watch it again just like it's just a good time it's it's a it's a flashback to a bygone era of when movies were movies yeah and, you know like just you it you just go and just enjoy them i i for example i've been watching the uh, Mission Impossible movies, just because, why not? Sure. And I could, and I could see that they're having fun and trying to do their things. And I will admit that the MI two, the John Woo directed one, is terrible. It is not good. I used to love that movie back then. It's not good, but you know what? I enjoyed the spectacle of the movie and being able to go into a theater with people and having the shared experience was something that you know tugged on that nostalgia string. Mm. And it's totally worthwhile. And I think a fine swan song for Indiana Jones. You know, I'd have been mm -hmm. fine with Last Crusade. Yeah, they have they have literally ended it three different times at this point. I think this will be the the real end. Um, but uh, same. So from the Pop Saga crew to you out there, wholehearted recommend of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. A really fun. A really fun pulp romp and uh, an adventure that I think is worthwhile seeing, and I think it's worthwhile seeing in the theater, especially if you can get one of those ones that are THX certified and you can get that THX experience. Um, but <laughs> this episode sponsored by THX. Uh, just kidding, THX. But if you want to, we're here for you, buddy. Give us a call. Yeah. Um, but that's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We sure as heck enjoyed making the show for you. Uh, so as we do at the end of every show, we want to thank Burton M6 for the incredible music that he has made for us. Check our show notes for a link to his Fiverr page where you can get in contact with him and maybe he'll make something amazing for you as well. In addition to that, we're on all sorts of socials. Check our links in the show notes to check out which ones we're on maybe it'll be changing who knows but you can get in touch with us through that and uh, the best way to get in touch with us, the best way to talk with us and engage in discussion about the show of course is to go to our discord server and you can join all the rest of the fans on there and talk to your heart's content about each episode and why we are so wrong about our takes on indiana jones and the dial of destiny uh, but that aside, 
we would like to say to you out there, however you choose to listen to us, wherever you happen to be, we hope that you are feeling happy and healthy. And if you're not, that's okay too. But I'm going to throw it over to John for the final word. Remember, folks, we named the cat Texarkana. Hey, thank you for tuning in to all my super fans. Hope you're coming back again. Got a shout out to Fresca. I know you're riding with me as we pull up in the Hyundai Daily City. <laughs> you want the hype? I gotcha. Gotta keep it locked right here on Pop Saga. Woo! Pop Saga, let's go.